It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We've got a great one in store today. We're going to talk about some dangerous sea creatures with the author of a new book called The Lost Ship. He'll be joining me during the third half of our three-hour tour. That's coming up at 11 o'clock. Author Jeff Lucas. In the middle, the second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with, um, uh, well, she's considered one of uh, iTunes' top podcasters, and um, she's a licensed psychotherapist and best-selling author. Michaela Renee Johnson joins me in hour two, but we start out this morning talking about um, leadership as uh, laid out in a new book, uh, called Boundless Leadership by uh, Joe Loizzo, I think I'm saying that right, and uh, Elazar Aslan. And I, I think I got those names right, but I'm terrible with names. In any no, event, you did, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, thanks. That's uh, Joe Loizzo. He is my guest uh, this hour, and he joins me by phone. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. And I, and I got the names right. I Well, you actually had a chance to tell me how to pronounce your name um, when you introduced yourself on the phone this morning. But um, I was taking a complete guess at uh, Elazar's name. You did it beautifully. <laughs> let me, Good guess. Let me, um, let me ask. There's, there was a, a phrase. Let me take a look here at the, uh, if it's on my release yeah there there's the phrase that i wanted you to explain for me joe um contemplative psychotherapist right okay what does that so, what does that even mean joe <laughs> that's, that's how you question well, that's that's how you're <laughs> identified as well as being a clinical researcher and and a scholar and educator but i i was just um i, I was just sort of paused by that phrase. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. Well, you know, it it would have you know not even been possible when I started out trying to bring together uh, kind of mind training practices like mindfulness and compassion training and breath work and so on together with therapy. But um, you know, you, we all have, have sort of become aware of the mindfulness revolution and one of the places in which this kind of practice of training attention and self-awareness and self-care has most been taken up in the, in the last few decades is into psychotherapy because you can see the logic of, you know, they, they work in very similar ways. You're learning to pay attention to yourself. So 
um, because there's so many, mindfulness is only one practice. If I were to say I'm, I'm a mindfulness therapist, that may be a little bit more, make a little more sense nowadays. But of course, we don't just use mindfulness nowadays uh, when we're trying to add the self-training and self-care component to the talk therapy. We use also other kinds of contemplative practices or you know, other kinds of practices where you're reflecting on your own inner process. Basically, that's what contemplative means. Well, I, I, I want to ask about another one, too, because on the, on the uh, uh, dust cover for the book, um, part of the synopsis of the book says, Boundless Leadership offers real-world applications to bring ease to leading oneself and others and provides examples from the author's experiences with clients, including uh, CEOs of multi-billion dollar businesses and hyper-growth startups, and, and it goes on. And I wanted to ask about this uh, notion of leading oneself, because we often think of leading as being toward others. We don't always think of leadership um, toward oneself or, or toward yeah. ourselves. Well, that's, that's the, the main uh, message that we have to share is that we need a whole new style of leadership. I totally agree that the, con, you know, the conventional meaning and the kind of the, the business as usual sense of what a leader is, is one person who kind of you know, tries to either boss or inspire or whatever, make, manage other people, quote unquote. Um, and we feel that this kind of externalized leadership, which is, uh, you know, trying to sort of control the outer world, including other people in it, um, is really a thing of the past. And, uh, you know, that actually now, given how complex uh, our lives are becoming, how fast changing all of our systems, whether it's work, you know, corporate systems or other kinds of, um, you know, workplaces are evolving, uh, that everybody needs to have that sense of uh, autonomy, of responsibility, um, and really see their own power in, in, and harness it to steer, to navigate this very complex and, and challenging world. So the idea is leadership starts from inside. It's an inside job, right? That we really first, you know, if we just look at leadership as what we do or say, um, what, we, uh, what we're missing is the biggest variable in our effectiveness is who we are and how we show up as a human. And so we're taking the emphasis off all the skills and ideas that are often associated as this sort of the way to grow leadership and putting it on growing ourselves as more present, more aware, more responsive, more connected uh, humans, because that's really what we need. And that's something everybody can do and everybody needs to do in order to live and work well. Um, my guest is uh, Joe Loito and... Um He's the co-author of Boundless Leadership with Elazar Aslan. Joe, how did you and Elazar get together to write this book? Yeah, we, we are kind of uh, a complementary, you know, uh, pair. And, uh, you know, we came from different paths. Uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, uh, trained in, in medicine and psychology and, you know, LSR from the business world, uh, you know, studied at Wharton and worked in a lot of big, uh, you know, Fortune 500 type companies. Um, but we both had a sense that the way business as usual was operating in our fields was, you know, harmful to 
ourselves. It wasn't producing the happiness it was supposed to, uh, but also it was the, the stress levels that, that were being, you know, that the stress energy that, that we were running on is wearing us down and really impairing our capacity to show up and even perform or connect. So we both had a sense in our separate paths that we wanted to go somewhere different from the from the sort of business as usual. And actually, I had been working at Columbia uh, University in a hospital, and and you know developing a, uh, a programs to help people use mindfulness and other contemplative practices to heal and had written a, uh, an article somewhere that LSR saw. So he came, came, we had a meeting, and that was back in the, the, 90, the late 90s. And, you know, since that time, we started working together and seeing where, for example, we shared clients. You know, he eventually became an executive advisor since he felt like really ultimately we needed to work with the people um, rather than, you know, trying to sort of change the system um, you know, uh, you know, externally or, 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 uh, you know, through, through, uh, sort of superficial means. And so we both wound, we started sharing, uh, clients and, and ideas about how to help people work with greater ease, greater sense of purpose, more connection to themselves and others. And, uh, and then we started developing a kind of approach and over the last few years since, I guess, maybe I'd say it's almost 10 years now we've been working on this uh, methodology we call balanced leadership to try to make this kind of shift that we need to take accessible in a, in a step-by-step way that almost that anybody can, can, um, you know, take up and, and use. Well, let me, uh, you mentioned Columbia university. Um, you're also on the faculty at Cornell and, and I have to, I have to ask, is it pronounced Vile Cornell Medical College? While, while, while. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was. I hosted. Uh, I, I worked at a public radio station hosting classical music once, and I remember uh, being taught to say Kurt Vile, which oh, is yeah. which that, is that's... spelled the same way. And I, I, I thought, <laughs> I wonder if that's true here as well. So thanks for that little aside there, Joe. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, um, words are complicated. Well, it's you know when you have two words spelled the same way and pronounced differently, it is confusing. But uh, but I'd also not heard that um, referred to as while Cornell. Yeah, this is a new. I mean, you know, again, this is part of all of these, uh, uh, you know, med- medical centers as the need for development grows. This is. They're they're all getting big grants and renamed for the for the donors to try to keep keep pace with uh, you know the, all the competition out there. Well, I I suppose it's better better than uh, Nabisco Cornell Medical maybe, College. Maybe maybe who knows? It's shorter anyway. <laughs> um, Joe, I want I want to talk about this this idea of attention span. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've I've noticed that watching video, and how video video editing works, 
and I've seen, I, re, I remember, uh, there's, there's a thing called an establishment shot. If you want people to think that what they're about to see is taking place in the White House, you show a picture of the White House, and then you go to the scene. And they used to be four or five seconds long, and now it's just a blip, you know, maybe a second or two. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've been watching these, these changes in editing, and um, there's a, a recent study that says average human attention span is about 8 seconds, down from 12 seconds a decade ago. Um, that doesn't seem like very much concentration to me. Right, and, and just think about it. Think about what's happened um, to our lives in the, in the last decade or two. Uh, so much more, with the digital revolution, so much more information is flowing through our systems. And of course, it's not just a matter of volume. It's all of the sort of uh, online digital marketing that's going on is very, very informed about the way the brain works and is, and is trying to essentially get us addicted to uh, you know, having more and more stimulation. So we want, you know, uh, we're sort of getting fed uh, a ton of information that actually trains us to keep to to have less to be more and more distractible, <laughs> to be more and more easily manipulated by you know whatever social media company or or whatever is is is, is trying to market to us, uh, and it's working. Uh, we're uh, so you know we have a limited we, our brains have a limited capacity to do anything, including probably the most important thing, which is paying attention. Um, and so you just, if you s- stretch it out over more, in, you know, more things, there's less capacity. And so this part of, the, part of the problem is that we've been trained to expect more and more in a kind of more and more uh, like a gambling addictive kind of way, well, what's going to happen next? And part of it is um, that this whole movement toward multiple information streams, multitasking, and sort of spreading our attention all over the place at the same time is also dissipating and straining the the basic capacity that our brains have. So, yeah, it's just it's See, a, those it's things, a those alarming things, trend. Yeah, those things frustrate me, Joe. I, I watch, um, you know, concert videos of musicians, and they'll show a, a shot of a guitar player playing a solo, and then they cut away to a bass player or a drummer or a piano player or something. And every time they cut away, I think, wait, wait a minute, I was watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, that's frustrating well, it, to me. Yeah, and, and well, ultimately, this whole approach to you know, stretching our, our attention thinner and thinner and making us more um, you know, easily distractible uh, it, you know, is dissatisfying. It is because it is like an addiction. You, you sort of, your mind is keep, keeps looking for something that it wants, but before it can enjoy anything, it moves on to the next thing. Well, I want to uh, so talk some more about that, um, but I have to take a break here. And uh, okay. my, my apologies. Um, can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk Absolutely, more? Absolutely, sure. Yeah, we're totally. Gonna ta- we're going to talk more about uh, concentration and and what to do about concentration and leadership 
from uh, Joe Loizzo, co-author of Boundless Leadership. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. 
our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about uh, attention span and leadership and so much more with the uh, co-author of Boundless Leadership, Joe Loizzo, who joins me by phone. Joe, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Uh, n- not at all, Tom. It's fascinating. I love your Tigger ad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, that's uh, that's Jim Davis. That's actually the guy who plays Tigger for Disney. Amazing. Yeah. He, so much fun. He, he, he also is the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Darkwing Duck and a bunch of others. An amazing voice talent. Um, but thanks for acknowledging that because um, it's fun having those. Um, but but let's let's talk about this uh, at- attention span issue that we were talking about a little bit before the uh, the break um, because in a way we've come full circle because when I introduced you I mentioned you, that you're referred to as a contemplative psychotherapist um, how do we go from somebody who who just cuts off in the middle of a sentence and says oh look a butterfly. <laughs> and and um, and someone who can um, actually focus and and think through problems for themselves and others. Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. And you know, the wonderful good news is that we've been learning over the last decades from neuroscience and through from research on meditation and other mind training techniques that. The brain is not, uh, you know, uh, hardwired uh, like a machine or, or device. It is very plastic, like a muscle, and that means the way we use it uh, is the way it grows. And so, very fortunately for us, if we want to fight this trend of having our attention spread all over the world, so we we really can't be anywhere or focus on ourselves or or what we really, you know, need or see. Uh, we can train. We can train our minds to pay attention through simple, repeated practices, and that's what practices like mindfulness training offer us: is that they can actually strengthen that capacity way above normal, right? Uh, like any muscle. And with that, then one gets to actually, you know, be more in the present moment to sort of be able to put your mind where you need it, and sort of especially what we focus on in balanced leadership is keep in touch with what's going on inside of you, right? Because that's the biggest variable in your life that you can control. Um, and, and if you can sort of keep part of your attention focused on yourself and aware of how you're engaging or ex- responding or experiencing, you've got a, a major leverage to sort of flip the way that the, the brain and the mind works when it's on autopilot, when it's in, in sur- what we call survival mode, and to shift it into something we call thriving mode, where we're really not just reacting out of overload and stress, but we're actually present and able to assess and respond with a clear 
awareness and with a responsive, uh, flexible, uh, you know, mind. I remember a time I, w- I was spending some time with my uh, younger younger daughter, um, Lizzie, and and I always like to make fun of this uh, because I. I I hadn't seen her in a while. She was visiting me, and we were at my place. And there was a movie on television, and she had something playing on her laptop. And uh, she had um, her uh, mobile device, her phone, uh, her Android, her iPhone, whatever it was. And she was texting back and forth with someone. And all this media was going on and I asked her about that I said how much media do you, are you interacting with right now and she said well you know almost defensively well dad I'm a really good multitasker and I said but is any one of those things getting a hundred percent of your attention right that's such a good point and and she and- she looked at me a little bit you know, quizzically, and you know, <laughs> and said, "Well, no." <laughs> and then, as luck would have it, we had a power failure, and the batteries all ran down, and we were forced to talk to each other. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it, 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 people have so much input now, and it, as you were saying in the last segment, Joe, um, a lot of that has to do with why our attention span is getting smaller. And what your book does is tries to teach people how to expand their attention span. Yeah, and not only to have greater uh, you know, capacity, what we call working uh, memory, uh, being able to really keep in mind more, uh, more continuously, but also to have a more flexible attention so that when we want to, you know, we know when we want to uh, sort of keep checking in with ourselves and to shift from something that may have grabbed our attention back to what we started to focus on and, or what we mean to focus on. Um, and I think this whole myth of multitasking is part of the digital revolution. It's clearly, science has clearly proven what your uh what your daughter, you know, recognized is, is you know, uh, you, can't, it's, it, you can't perform anywhere near as well in tasks where you're not fully present. Um, and that, that's not just about, uh, you know, answering emails. That also, more especially, the other dimension that you started raising is what we call, it, it's in what we call the discipline of heart, right? So training our attention is one of the strengths that we need to be able to really Stay present. Stay on, on, uh, you know, uh, aligned with our intentions in this in this very distractible age. But we also need to tra- train our hearts to be able to connect with other humans, right? And, to, and instead of le- losing that in all the flow of information, to actually go deeper into our capacities, which are also these are also plastic and trainable. Our capacities to have healthy, you know, realistic understanding and empathy of what's happening in another person's mind, to be able to not react out of bias or uh, emotional habit, but to really be able to connect in a caring, compassionate, authentic way, um, because that's the basis of communication, teamwork, and also just well-being. Like if we're not tuning in uh, and feeling that we belong and connect with other humans, no matter how fancy or, or 
smart we are or our lives are, we don't. The research shows we don't actually feel more satisfaction. The satisfaction, most of the satisfaction and sense of meaning and purpose in our lives, comes from our capacity to connect with others. And by the way, in the business environment, most productivity comes from that too. Like, no one person can produce very much or do very much or be. You know, we really need each other to be able to connect and work, you know, deeply as as a team that feels engaged with each other that where we feel we belong. Um, and that's just, you know, that's why another alarming statistic, like the, the general level of engagement at work in our, in our society is, is somewhere in the realm of 30 to 40%. You know, that most of the people and most of us, when we go to work, we're only sort of part, you know, phoning it in. You know, and of course, now we actually literally are phoning it in or, <laughs> or, or, or zooming in or whatever. Um, but it's, um, you know, it's not just for the sake of the outcome that we'll, we'll be more creative as a team or more effective as a team, but for our own well-being and our own sort of sense of satisfaction or belonging to something that, that's, you know, bigger than we are, if we're not able to connect, and especially if we're trying to lead others, um, we're just, we're not using our instrument. I remember a, a co-worker that would occasionally... Um drift off and and appear to be you know thinking about something completely different and and then he would he would just come back all of a sudden and he would and he would just announce oh i'm sorry i just went to the bahamas for a second (laughs) (laughs) yeah although that that's actually you know good people skills that he was able to share that with his team um even though he was he was drifting um you know, because then you can you know where he's been. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know why he wasn't paying attention. You know why he wasn't paying attention to what was being said. But you know, he went away for a minute, and then he just admitted, "Oh, I'm sorry, I went away for a minute. I went to the Bahamas because you know I needed a break." <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's a really good point, Tom. Is that a lot of our, you know part of our culture, especially at work is to not so much show up as humans, you know, to, to sort of keep our humanity, you know, leave our humanity at the door. And of course, uh, as Elazar likes this story of when he first got out of uh, business school and went uh, to his first job at Amex, that was the, uh, you know, uh, that was a very explicit message. You know, don't bring your humanity. You'll get exhausted. You know, uh, you, you, won't, you won't be efficient. Um, and I had, I had something similar happen when I went to medical school. I said, you know, park your empathy and your compassion. You know, you wonder why some of our doctors are not so personable. You know, I would, I, they tried to train us to just be sort of thinking heads and, and you know, uh, act like robots. And, and, you know, frankly, I think, um, you know, being able to be present uh, from a heart scent, from a heart level as a, fellow human who, who can care and or understand or be with um, is really uh, another lost art. You know, it's another something that our culture has sort of drummed out of us on, uh, in many ways. And this is part of the reason why people burn out so quickly and get dissatisfied because, you know, po- the positive psychology research into well-being shows that well-being, mental and physical well-being, as well as health and sense of meaning and purpose 
comes from the heart-to-heart connection with other, with other humans. So it's not something we can really afford to, to, to it's not a luxury, it's a necessity for us, especially as, you know, there, we're more and more interconnected, we have to manage more and more different kinds of relationships with people in the world around us. Um, you know, if we're not, if we're not going to this deeper level of, of heartfelt, you know, what we call authentic engagement, then we're really uh, depriving ourselves as well as the world around us. Well, Joe, we've all been impacted uh, pretty significantly um, over the last two years by the pandemic and and how it and, and it seems to not want to end. But um, mm-hmm. I, I've been talking to a lot of people about how it's impacted them personally and professionally. Um, has is there a silver lining in all of this where people had a chance to slow down and re-examine and consider some of the things that uh, that that you guys propose in the book i I do think that um, you know the pandemic has uh, you know challenged a lot of our business as usual sort of default. Uh, assumptions about what work is and what the relationship yeah. between home life and work life and balance and all of these things. Uh, and I do think there is there are some civil. I think there's some things that are going to stick for the better, right? That perhaps we don't need to be traveling so much if we want to meet with someone. Also, oftentimes, you know, people describe being able to s- actually see the face of the you know the person you're talking to or the the team you're talking to. Uh, can often actually, and, and to be able to see into their, you know, their living room or see their little kid run by or their, their cat <laughs> run by, you know, sometimes this can actually really add humanity uh, rather than removing it. Um, so, it, it, you know, on the other hand, it, it does, it also, there's also been sort of challenges in terms of, you know, the blurring of the work-life boundary can often mean people are, working more or that or that not having as much downtime because they're more accessible they're always more accessible to you know having another zoom or getting an email um and and also some people especially people who who don't live with family for example um can often wind up feeling really um just more disconnected and isolated which is which is a kind of insidious cost so i think it's a you know it's a mixed bag um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that, that is very timely about Boundless Leadership coming out now is that it offers a lot of skills that will help make the most of the situation, right? Um, you know, both being able to kind of really sustain your attention, even through, say, a bunch of Zoom calls or phone calls or whatever, um, and, to keep, and to make that extra effort to try to connect virtually because actually not meeting in person does deprive our, our brains and our bodies of certain kinds of feedback that are, they find reassuring. You know, just the, the handshake or the, you know, the standing by the water cooler or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I think if we, if we know what we need in order to be at our best on the mind level, the heart level, and even the body level, then, and we have the skills that we teach in balanced leadership, the practices that build the, the capacities or traits um, 
like self-awareness, authentic engagement, or embodied, you know, uh, flow or posit- positivity. Um, you know, if we have those uh, understandings and those skills and practices, we can actually really make the most of the of the situation and 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 maybe come out with a with a net positive. Are there specific exercises that that people can do to discipline their mind or their their heart or or body i mean we know certain kinds of exercise that's um good for the the mind um and and certain kinds of exercises that are good for you know the the body i mean just physically being a little more active and so on but what about the heart and and what are some of these things that can that can help us develop not just the exercises that sharpen those things but that expand our ability to focus and concentrate yeah well so the this is this sort of goes to the the structure of the program the logic of it is that you know it's it's all based on current neuroscience and and combined with uh, research on traditional, you know, mind training, mind body practices that that help grow certain kinds of capacities. Well, the big picture is stress doesn't just happen at you know at the level of our minds. It happens throughout our our whole brains and bodies. And so at each level, we, we, we look at the mind, the heart, and the body, they sort of overlap with different parts of our nervous system. At each of those levels, our, our minds and our bodies and our nervous systems can be in stress mode or survival mode or in thriving mode. That's how we describe it. And so what we're really trying to do is, you know, when, when we say we want to help people be at their best um, and mind, heart, and body, right, show up on all levels at their best. Uh, what we mean by that is we want to, people to be able to be more able to, to be Teflon to stress at whatever level that we're feeling at and to be, to be able to shift out of that and resilient and shift into uh, a, a, a mode that's more thriving-based. So at each, so we d- describe the, the sort of the way that we make that shift is through what we call the disciplines of mind, heart, and body, and they each are trying to help us cultivate the way, the capacity, or trait, or uh, you know, the 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 way of being that we most need to thrive. So, at the level of mind, it's self-awareness. At the level of heart, it's authentic engagement. The level of the body, it's it's embodied flow, and you know. So what we're talking about is, yeah, each of those, now that, those are all big words, right? So what the heck does that mean and how could we possibly get there? Well, that's the sort of essence of our program is that we break those traits into moment-to-moment capacities or what we call a competence, right? So it's clarity is what underlies self-awareness. If we're really clear, we can notice ourselves as well as what's outside of us, uh, Compassion is what allows us to be authentically engaged. If we care about ourselves and we can care for others, we can really connect. Um, (laughs) And at the level of the at the level of the body, it's really fearlessness. If we're if we're really able to feel a sense of deep, visceral like safe safety in our body, uh, we're able to 
let go of the guarding and tension that's that's wearing our bodies down and to show up with the more positive energy. So each of those traits and, and capacities are then broken down into smaller things that we can train, right? So, you know, each of them has, each of the disciplines have four qualities that have four specific practices. And those are, that's way too much detail, but the point is <laughs> to, to help you get the sense that, that we're really breaking the, the way the shifting process out of survival mode into thriving mode into very, very small steps with very specific practices. So each of these, there, there are certainly practices at the level of the, the, the mind that allow us to build clarity that becomes self-awareness. At the heart, too, as you asked very specifically, yeah, there are very specific practices like self-compassion, like learning to, to feel uh, unbiased empathy for others that we can train and gradually they give us greater access to compassion and authentic engagement. Joe, if it's universally true that things change, and if it's basically understood that people uh, don't like change, um, does does that mean that people don't like things? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, well, we all do, we have a very we all have a very ambivalent relationship with change because. You know, in, in survival mode, change could always, is, is always associated with fear. Okay, what's happening next? There's a hypervigilance that's built in, or what we call a negativity bias, that's built into our just stance toward, it's like a risk-averse stance toward the world. Um, and the, the wonderful thing is that we also have this other capacity in our brains and bodies and nervous systems where we can actually be open to and play with change, right? So, uh, you know, we often notice, like, cause, you know, change can bring novelty, it can bring uh, new learning, it can bring new challenges. Um, and so it's really more a question of whether we're in the, in the, in the mindset, in the, in the, the, within the sort of part of our nature that allows us to thrive in change and, and really enjoy, you know, the flow of, moving, you know, moving, learning and adapting and connecting, you know, and so it's, it is something learning how to, how to uh, live with change in a, in a, in a easeful, fun, career, flexible, resilient way is, you know, part of what we're really trying to help people get, find. Joe, um, the time is just flying by, and I'm having so much fun talking with you. I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Um, but I, um, the name of the book is Boundless Leadership. My guest is Joe Loizzo. I want to thank you for spending your time and your expertise with me and the listeners this morning. And I always want to make sure and give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more. Do you have a website you could share? Yes, uh, so uh, we can, people can find find out more about the book by by looking at uh, boundlessleadershipbook.com, and that will connect us to uh, to our our larger website where they can learn more about the program, and that's um, uh, you know that's nalandaleadership.org, right? So it's uh, N-A-L-A-N-D-A, um, 
and then there's uh, boundlessleadership.org, N-A-L-A-N-D-A, boundlessleadership.org, and that will give them access to both. Well, Joe, that we run, we, we work. Joe, I'm sorry, we've got to end it there, but uh, thanks again and keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Tom. Really fun talking to you. Take care. All right, you too. And with that, we're going to take a short break, but we got more straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Flip Flip Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. 
Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. She wheels her wheelbarrow through streets that are narrow. Her barrow is narrow, her hips are too wide. So wherever she wheels it, the neighborhood feels it. Her girdle keeps scraping the homes on each side. In Dublin's fair city, where girls are so pretty, my Molly stands out cause she weighs 18 stone. It's 256 pounds. I don't mind her fat, but... It's not only that, but she's cockeyed and muscle-bound, Molly Malone. I know a man, his name is Lang, and he has a neon sign. And Mr. Lang is very old, so they call it Old Lang Sign. <laughs> oh, what have you done, Billy Sal, Billy Sal? Oh, what have you done, charming Billy? You took almost every cent from the U.S. government, which you spent on fertilizer, which is silly. All day, all night, Cary Grant. That's all I hear from my wife is Cary Grant. What can he do that I can't? Big deal, big star, Cary Grant. Oh, the moon is bright tonight upon the car wash. So I'm having my Volkswagen washed again. But the way things go with me, the way my luck runs, just as soon as they're finished, it will rain. <laughs> On top of old Smokey, all covered with hair. Of course, I'm referring to Smokey the Bear. Here's a famous old folk song that you all know entitled, Aura Lee. 
Every time you take vaccine, take it orally. As you know, the other way is more painfully. My grandfather's clock was the best ever made by the Timex Company. Just like the clock John Cameron Swayze displayed last night on the old TV. Oh, it works underwater so perfectly, and it still makes a ticking sound. Which my grandfather tried only this afternoon, and that's how the old man drowned. Do not make a stingy sandwich, pile the cold cuts high. Customers should see salami coming through the ride. Oh, I diet all day and I diet all night. It's enough to drive me bats. Got no gravy or potatoes, cause the whole refrigerator's full of polyunsaturated fats. Fairly well, Metrical, and the others of that ilk. Let the diet start tomorrow, cause today I'll drown my sorrow in a double malted milk. When you go to the delicatessen store, don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. I repeat what I just said before. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Oh, buy the corned beef if you must. The pickled herring you can trust. And the locks puts you in orbit. A-OK. -okay. But that big hunk of liverwurst has been there since October 1st. And today is the 23rd of May. So when you go to the delicatessen store, don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. It'll make your insides awful sore. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>